Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 22 It is Christmas Eve, and for some reason someone is banging on the front door. Mr. Benedict Nailed is very much used to spending Christmas on his own, to closing his front door on Christmas Eve and remaining undisturbed until Boxing Day. In fact, he is largely undisturbed the rest of the year as well. It is hard to know whether he has been so often undisturbed that he has persuaded himself that he likes it, or whether he likes it so much he has endeavoured to keep it that way. Either way, people do not pound on his door. Not even, indeed, especially not, at Christmas. He lies on the floor in the darkened sitting room and stares at the dim ceiling above him. He is becoming aware that it is not just the door pounding, but also his head. He is becoming aware, actually, that he is lying on the floor, staring at the ceiling. What on earth is he doing down here? Why does his head hurt? Why aren't the lights on? Why is the cat staring at him that way? Why is someone banging on the door? No, wait, they have discovered that the door is not in fact locked. It is an old door that doesn't lock itself, but which does stick, and which takes a concerted effort to open even when not locked, an effort like beating on it fervently for several minutes. Mr. Nail, says a woman's voice from the hallway, muffled. Mr. Nail. Benedict considers moving, but his head hurts and his body is heavy, and he doesn't consider it seriously at this time. Any other business? Mr. Nail. The voice is closer now, and Benedict shifts his gaze from the ceiling to the doorway to discover a middle-aged woman standing there, wearing a face mask made from some cheerful seasonal fabric. "'Oh, Mr. Nail,' she says, darting towards him. "'No, no, don't move.' "'No, I... There's nothing like being told not to move, to make you want to move. "'I'm, I'm all right. Uh, if you could just give me a hand.' "'Be careful.' says the woman, grabbing his arm. It was such a terrible crash, you might have concussion. She's the neighbour. Of course she is. You're from upstairs, he said. Ow, my head. Yes, upstairs, she says, guiding him to the sofa. You asked me to turn down my music, and it is lucky you did, otherwise I would not have heard. It is lucky, says Benedict, collapsing into the cushions. I must have fallen over. You slip, I think, says the woman, picking up a piece of wrapping paper from the floor. There is a footprint on it. From the present. I'll get you some water. Thank you, says Benedict. Uh, could I have some painkillers, too? There are some in the bathroom. Wrapping paper from the present. The present she gave him as an apology. The present of the witch. The woman returns with pills and a glass of water. Uh, thank you, he says. Uh, and it occurs to me that <clears throat> I should also say sorry. Sorry? says the woman. The English apologise for everything. You do not need to be sorry for falling over. She's half smiling, though, and he suspects she knows full well what he is sorry for. All this time he thought people who were nice to him were simply like that by nature, but now he begins to realise that they perhaps were instead just trying very hard not to be nasty. No, he says doggedly, determined to get the apology done. 
not for falling over. I was terribly rude before about your music, and I'm sorry. Not at all, she says in a tone of voice that absolutely says, yes, very much. Perhaps it was too loud. Well, says Benedict, it is Christmas, a season of goodwill and all that. Speaking of which, I was very rude to your present too, the witch. I put her in that bottom drawer down there. Do you think you could get her out? He watches carefully over the woman's shoulder as she opens the drawer and is surprised to discover that it is full of nothing but old phone charges and used-up biros. After all, he tells himself, that was the ghost's world, that strange wasteland of hill forts and goblins. And this is the real world, isn't it? Here she is, says the woman, pulling out the little carved figure of a witch. My mother sent this to me. Your mother? says Benedict, taken aback. What a kind present! I, I, I really did behave abominably. Oh, I already have one, says the woman, slightly embarrassed by his fervour. I actually took hers, a little piece of my childhood, you see. He did see. He saw how such memories could be important. Oh, says the woman, looking around, you have no tree. Uh, no, no, I, I don't says Benedict, suddenly realising it himself and discovering he is very sorry about it too. Um, I do have a spider plant there on the windowsill. The woman carefully nestles the witch down into the crown of leaves. There, she says, a witch in a green nook. Mr. Benedict Nail looks at the little wooden witch in the spider plant. He thinks about her little green cave in the nonsense drawer and he thinks about hiding in the spider plant from the cat. He looks at the mantelpiece, and he looks at the bookshelves. What an odd dream it was. He supposed he must have knocked himself unconscious, so it won't have been a dream, quite. Perhaps that's why it all seems so clear, like something that really happened, despite all the odd dream logic and bizarre occurrences. He realises that the woman is looking at him curiously. Are you feeling all right, Mr. Nail? Benedict, he says, reflexively, and then he realises... I don't know your name. Renata, says the woman. Renata, uh, how long have you been locked up at home now? This is the first time I have been out in fifteen days, she says. I have been isolating. And you're the first person I've been near in a month, says Benedict. And the incubation period is, is two weeks, they say, isn't it? This is why I have been isolating says Renata. Well then, says Benedict, could I ask one more favour of you, Renata? Would you help me decorate my flat? It doesn't feel very Christmassy at the moment, does it? I have whisky, but, he adds as an afterthought, no decorations. I have more decorations, says Renata, and also some mulled wine. Because of course she does. I shall be back in a moment. Christmas Eve. And Mr. Benedict Nail lights the lights and pulls the curtains and puts a tray of oven-ready sausage rolls in to heat up. They are his usual Christmas treat to eat them all by himself in front of the television. But this year, his treat is to share them with someone, which is even better. And then they share a glass or two of mulled wine 
and they hang baubles and a couple of strands of tinsel and some fairy lights and even listen to some Christmas music, which, it turns out, Benedict Nail quite enjoys. You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast, and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories, where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next instalment of the ghosts of Christmas presents.